0: Good morning, my name is Jeritja Blom, and today we will read the scripture reading, which is Luke 18, verse 1 to 17. You can find this in your pew Bibles on page 1628. Luke 18, verse 1 to 17. Let's pray. Dear God, open our hearts and minds as we read your scripture today. Help us to understand and interpret the meaning of your word so that we can apply it into our lives. Bring us courage and inspiration. Amen. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a 10th of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, will never enter it. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We could have kept reading. This section of scripture actually continues to unfold uh, through a story after this one about the rich young ruler who comes and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? and then you encounter another story of of Jesus after that welcoming people in a, a blind beggar blind Bartimaeus and then after that in the start of the next chapter you get Jesus welcoming Zacchaeus and you have between the start of what you did you read all the way through the time when Jesus shows up at Jerusalem for that first Palm Sunday, that that arrival in the Holy City, you get this series of stories in Luke, parables and stories mixed together that really say who belongs in the kingdom? Who's welcome in God's kingdom? Who has a place here? But for today, we're just going to briefly touch on these first three together because they expose a, a, a brokenness in our world and in our church and they point us towards a God who is incredibly gracious and gentle. Who does God have time for? I mean, it may seem like a bit of a strange question because we normally ask the other way around. Do you have time for God? And we, we put on ourselves this kind of heavy weight if we don't do our devotions, if we don't come to church, if we don't follow through on all these religious shoulds. We pour them on our shoulders and we talk about living in a culture where we're just so busy we don't even have time to pray. We don't have time for God. But this text goes the other direction. It's inviting us to see carefully who God has time for. It's inviting us to see that God is at work in a way that that is different than the world around us. If you recall the first parable that's being told here, it's of a a widow who is seeking justice and she has a complaint. And and she goes out into the world to this this judge who does not fear God. And she goes up to him and and she pleads with him again and again and again and again until he comes to a point where he says, finally, I'm just going to give her what she wants so that she'll leave me alone. There's this this widow who's crying out. Crying out for someone to pay attention to her. Someone to actually see her. Someone to have the time of day to look her in the eyes and say, I see you and I see the heaviness of your life and the burden you're carrying. You are not alone. Jesus is saying the kingdom of God makes room for widows such as these. God has time for her, even if the world doesn't. And and then we get to another parable in here, a parable inviting us us to to see two people at prayer. And, And it's a contrast, and it's contrasting for us. Who does God have time for versus who does the religious elite have time for? And the religious elite, the Pharisee, stands in the sanctuary, in the synagogue to pray. And his prayer includes, thank you, God, that I am not like all these other people. I've got it all together. And look around me, Lord, and and see even that tax collector over there in the corner. Thank you, Lord, I am not like him. And the tax collector, almost unnoticed standing back in that corner says he doesn't even doesn't even dare to look up to heaven and he beats his chest have mercy on me have mercy on me off in a corner Jesus is saying to the crowds and his, to his, his disciples You may think God has all the time of day for the person who has it all together. But actually, God's attention is on the person who doesn't have it together. The person who's off in the corner, who feels like there's no place for them here, but who trusts that that God's going to hear them, even though he is a sinner, even though he seems to be defying all the parameters of what makes for a good and righteous and holy person, God has time for him. The world doesn't have time for the widow. The religious elite don't have time for the sinner. And you get the third situation comes up. And Jesus' very own disciples don't have time for the kids. Keep them away push him back, don't bother the master, don't, don't, don't come nagging him, keep the kids back. And there's this pushing out that's happening with his disciples and Jesus rebukes them. We begin to hear what's been happening through these parables and now in the live action right in front of them. You start way out there with this world that is rejecting the marginalized who have nothing to offer the world in terms of power or resources or place. You move a little narrower to a church that has no time for actual sinners. and You move to those 12 disciples who knew Jesus intimately who have no time for the kids. And in that context, we hear this question, but who does God have time for? And Jesus responds to all those parables and and to this situation by saying, bring the kids to me. Welcome them in. Make room for them here because I've got all the time of day for them. This is not a new pattern for Jesus. It's something that's been happening all along. There's another account in one of the other Gospels where Jesus is walking along and and he's been... uh, his attention has been uh, captured by a, a leader who says, Qu- quickly, my child is dying, right? And, and they go along the way, and as they're on the way, a lady who's been bleeding for 12 years touches the hem of his cloak. And he stops in the middle of this crowd, on the way to go keep somebody from dying. He says, who touched me? Who came close to me? Who reached out to me? I've got time for that person. I've got time to pay attention to this person. Everybody else has written off and cast off. Jesus has been demonstrating all along. I've got time for the least significant people. I've got time for them. Jesus, in another gospel, Matthew, says this. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the world and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and what Jesus has been teaching his disciples and is calling us to recognize all along is that there is this wide embrace in God's arms that makes room for people who don't have it all together I kind of thought this morning I should probably come in with my shirt untucked and my shoes off, right? And the ripped socks. And, and, and seriously, because we come to church and, and we come with everything put together. Like we've got it all together. We've got the answers and we, we tell the people around us by the very way we dress, I've got it together. I'm here because everything's going well. But this gospel message... Is of a God who says to us, I know you don't got it all together. I know it's just hanging out. I know you are broken and tired and weary and things don't make sense. And and if people really saw it, you would kind of be embarrassed and full of shame. Because you know the sin that's in your heart. You know the loneliness you experience. You know how you seem to be an inconvenience to the people around you. And you're tired and you're weary, and you're hurting. And Jesus is saying, I've got you. Come to me. I'm not like the world. I'm not going to push you away and write you off because you don't offer me anything. I- I'm not like the religious elite who think that it's only the people who have it all together that belong in church. I'm not even like the disciples who are too busy trying to adult that they forget that they're still all children of God we have a God who in the flesh comes to us and says I'm gentle come to me don't be afraid of me don't be afraid to let your brokenness hang out around me, I've got you I've got room for you, come to me, I've got time to look you in the face and say I know you, I see you I love you it was at the worship symposium two weeks ago. One of the guys there said this, John Swinton, he said, Jesus, who is God, the creator of the universe, the all-powerful one, is gentle. Now how often in our world are we taught to fear those who have power? We even have a, a phrase that talks about the more power someone has, the more likely they are to become corrupt. And, and we look at the brokenness in our world that those who have power are out to defend themselves and get all they can for themselves. And yet, what John Swinton was pointing out is what is revealed in the gospel here. That the God who is all-powerful, the God who created the whole heaven and earth, this God, when he came in the flesh, in the body of Jesus Christ, said, I am gentle. I am gentle. It's the God who gets down on his knees with us to look us in the face. A God who gets in and sits beside us when we're weary and tired. Uh, A God who enters into our brokenness with us. I mean, Jesus referred to himself in a a different uh, gospel in John as the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Right in the same context of inviting us to come and abide with him. God, who opens his arms wide, says, come in. The church, instead of being a place that is full of people who have it together, should be a place that's full of people who don't have it together. People whose brokenness is evident. People who are heavy-hearted. People who feel sorrow and grief that they can come in and lay those burdens down, that they can bring those burdens before God confident that God will hear them. Confident that God will welcome them. Confident that God will wrap them in his arms. One of our other contemporary testimonies as the Christian Reformed denomination is called, Our World Belongs to God. And when it's talking about the church and the nature of the church, it says this, In our world where many journey alone, nameless in the bustling crowd, Satan and his evil forces seek whom they may scatter and isolate. But God, by his gracious choosing in Christ, gathers in new those who by God their trust in Christ. In other words, God is making a new type of people, a new community of people whose commonality is that they've been gathered by Christ, not anything else. The main commonality we have as God's people is that God's called us to be a people together through Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to describe that people a little bit more. And this is in the new community. All are welcome. The homeless come home. The broken find healing. The sinner makes a new start. The despised are esteemed. The least are honored and the last are first. Here the Spirit guides and grace abounds Jesus is inviting us into this space to be a people where, where we have our brokenness and our brokenness is, is known where, where people can see us and see that we don't have it all together and they see that because their focus really isn't on us their focus is on the God who lives among us who is gentle and welcoming who invites people to experience his grace and his love in the midst of their brokenness. There's a grace here in that community. A grace to be able to look each other in the face and say, yeah, I've got my brokenness too. But also to experience God's gentleness through each other. There's another story that Jesus tells his disciples. It gets lived out in front of them. Jesus goes to a a guy named Simon. He's a Pharisee. And he goes to his house to have dinner. And as they're having dinner, Jesus is reclining as they did in that day and age at the table. Laying down to eat their food. and, And his feet are out behind him. And a woman comes up starts weeping and crying and anointing his feet and washing his feet and touching his feet. And Simon the Pharisee sits there and goes, this man was really religious. He'd know what kind of woman is touching him. And it's this this dismissiveness that fits very much the Pharisee description that Jesus had of, of the guy who says, I'm righteous because I'm not like them. And Jesus' response is to ask Simon the Pharisee, Who's going to love God more? The one who's been forgiven a little or the one who's been forgiven a lot? Simon, of course, says the one who's been forgiven a lot. And he begins to honor the woman who's been touching his feet and weeping. And he says this woman's going to be remembered for what she's doing. There is a a love that God has that welcomes people to come in and to come close to him that invites us to come in and as we come in and we see others come close to God, we begin to see that God is saying to us, it's okay to come close to me too. We can look around the room. Go ahead, just a moment. Look around the room. These are all people that God has said, come in, come be part of my family. And as God shows us the other people in the room and gives that gentleness to us, we're able to pass that gentleness on to each other so that we each begin to experience in each other the gentleness and the grace of Christ as a community that welcomes each other in brokenness and awe. It's that gift of time, be able to sit with each other, be able to share a meal with each other, to be able to even have just a conversation with each other. A.M. Voskamp, reflecting on that gift of time, says this, I have lived the runner, panting ahead in worry, pounding back in regrets, terrified to live in the present because here time asks me to do the hardest thing of all, just open wide and receive We live trying to protect ourselves from the worries that are going to come, the things that we can't control. We live trying to protect ourselves from the regrets and the shame of what we've already done and what's been done to us. And, And we live so defended and so closed off that we can't receive the gentleness that God's offering to us. So today's invitation is a day to slow down, to be still, to see God's gentleness in the faces of the people around us, to receive God's gentleness in the grace of Jesus Christ that's being communicated in this gospel message of a God who doesn't reject widows or orphans or a God who doesn't reject real sinners and a God who certainly doesn't reject children, but who makes room for each and every one of us to come to him. Come to me, all you who are weary weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Let's pray. God, have mercy upon us, for we are sinners. God, Have mercy upon us, for we are lonely. God, have mercy upon us, for we feel cast off and discarded and ignored. God, have mercy upon us, for we need your gentleness and your grace. Welcome us in. Allow us to feel your love. And as we feel and experience your love here in the moment... As we receive that gift of grace from you, help us to pour that grace out on those around us. That they too might experience your gentle love. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen.